be some other day. You know, our world would be a very different world. All of the hospitals and mission works and orphanages throughout the world that have been established in the name of Jesus Christ because people believe that Jesus wants us to care for the hurting, none of those would exist. Those wouldn't be there. Christianity would not be the dominant religion in the world today. I don't know what it would be, Islam maybe, or Hinduism, but it wouldn't be Christianity. Because if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, people wouldn't be following Jesus. He'd just be another prophet that died. I want you to think of the throngs of people, the thousands of people who have, because of their relationship with Jesus Christ, given up alcohol, drugs, gambling, other vices, that without their relationship with Jesus, there would be no reason to give those things up because they wouldn't believe they mattered. Do you know people whose lives are different because of their Christianity? Do you? Yes, you can shake your heads, yes, no. I hope you know people whose lives are different. In fact, I hope your life is different because of Christianity. Did you know that there was a church in the New Testament that had people teaching that the resurrection was an impossibility? You might say, well, I know in some theological circles that, you know, like Harvard School of of religion, and I don't know if them particular, but some of these places, they say that, you know, maybe Jesus wasn't resurrected and it doesn't really matter, and it does matter. It does matter a lot. And there was a church in the New Testament that had people teaching that resurrection is not real. The resurrection is not true. And I want you to look at what the Apostle Paul said to this church as uh, as he addressed this this issue. He said, now, if Christ is preached that he had been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because We have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He did not raise up. If, in fact, the dead do not rise, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead. I want to talk about just a little bit if the resurrection had never happened and what the Apostle Paul says about that. And then I want us to flip that to a positive side and consider the fact that the resurrection did happen and what that means to you and I. He says, if Christ is not risen, our preaching is empty. Preaching is a waste of time. There's no reason you ought to be here listening to me preach today if Christ is not risen. You ought to be doing something else. You ought to be hunting Easter eggs right now or something different that doesn't have anything to do with Christianity. Your faith is also empty. 
Do you have a Christian faith? Do you believe in Jesus? It's a waste of time if Christ didn't come from the dead, if He wasn't resurrected. We are found false witnesses of God. That means the apostles, all 12 of them, lied about God. They lied about Jesus if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. He says, in fact, the dead do not rise. You have loved ones that have died? People that you intend and expect someday to see again? If Jesus didn't come out of the grave, they're just dead. There's going to be no hope. There will be no resurrection. You will never see your lost loved ones again. Your faith is futile. It's useless. It's worthless. You are still in your sins. Do you have sin? You do things that are wrong? Have you ever done things you knew were wrong? We all have, haven't we? If Jesus didn't come out of the grave, you still got those sins. You are not forgiven for any of those things. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Those who've died away from, or even those who've died in Christ, they're just gone if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. In this life only, we have hope in Christ. We're fools because we have hope in something that isn't true. We have hope in something that isn't real. We are of all men the most pitiable. People should look at us and pity us and feel sorry for us if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. And yet the answer of the Apostle Paul is, if the resurrection never happened, all these things are true. He says, but now Christ is risen from the dead. Do you believe that? Do you believe Jesus Christ came out of the grave? Amen? 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 I believe Jesus Christ came out of the grave. And knowing that Jesus Christ came out of the grave, some things that we just talked about are not really that way. Actually, they're 180 degrees different from that. They're very different. Because you see, because Jesus Christ is risen, our preaching is meaningful. The things that we say about Jesus Christ to other people you telling folks about the Lord and His salvation that He offers, that's meaningful. That matters. That makes a difference. Look at this. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. The Apostle Paul said, woe. You know what woe is? Sorrow. Why would it matter? Well, if Jesus didn't come out of the grave, it wouldn't matter. But it does matter. Because Jesus Christ is raised. So, when I talk to someone about Jesus, I'm not just wasting my voice. Have you ever told somebody something that you were really sure about and then later found out you were wrong? Has that ever happened to you? It has to me. Those of us who like to talk a lot have a tendency to state things away and they find out it's not true. What a waste of your breath to tell somebody that something's the way it is, and it's really not. But it's not a waste of your breath to tell people about Jesus. Jesus changes people's lives. It should be important for you to tell people about Jesus. Your preaching about Jesus isn't worthless. Tell your family. 
Tell your kids, you know, as, as I was driving on my way to church this morning, thinking through my lesson and all, I got to thinking, you know what? My dad has an, a degree in engineering physics from the University of Oklahoma. And he, I mean, made top grades. Never, uh, he may have made one B. I mean, he had excellent grades. He was in the right age and had the right interest to have possibly been involved in the astronaut program, possibly even been an astronaut himself. But he chose instead to preach the gospel of Jesus. Wouldn't it have been cool if I could go, my dad was an astronaut? Wouldn't that be cool? But he chose something better, and I'm thankful for that. I am so thankful that I had someone who gave their lives to teaching me about Jesus. Because not only can I say something cool now, but someday I get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus because my dad taught me. Tell your family. You got cousins, relatives that are distant, that aren't serving God? Tell them. It's not worthless. You're not wasting your time. Tell your friends about Jesus. I mean, you tell them about the Cowboys, don't you? Or whatever team you support. Tell them about Jesus. That's not wasting their time and it's not wasting your time. Talk about the one who came out of the grave because the fact is he did come out of the grave so your time is not wasted. The gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And you can't believe if you don't hear. So our preaching is not wasted. Another thing that is true is because Christ is risen, our faith is well-founded. Our faith is solid. Our faith is on something that is a solid rock. It is well-founded. Jesus is trustworthy. You know, Jesus Christ told His disciples, I'm going to be killed and then I'm going to come back in three days. Number one, they didn't believe He was going to be killed, did they? Peter jumped up and said, no, you're not going to die. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You remember that? They didn't believe that. And then number two, they didn't believe He was going to be raised. These guys who saw Him raise people from the dead didn't believe Jesus was going to be raised. After it was over, Peter says, okay guys, I'm going back fishing. And all the other disciples said the same. Do you believe that Jesus came back from the dead? All these men gave their lives because of that belief. You think there was any doubt in their mind that Jesus came back from the dead? Jesus was resurrected. He proved Himself trustworthy. Everything He ever said was right. Everything He ever told people was right. Every promise He ever made, He kept. Your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, you cannot find a more faithful friend than Jesus. You can't. He will be with you through thick and thin. You know what? You may mess up really bad, and if you mess up bad enough, 
Your husband or your wife may be out of here. You know what I'm saying? You've seen it, haven't you? Now Jesus, Jesus is never gone. Jesus will never abandon you. Jesus will never leave you, ever. No matter what has happened, no matter what you go through, no matter what you've done, Jesus is a trustworthy friend. I want you to read this with me. The life I live, <laughs> I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I think a lot about God giving His Son for us, right? Can you imagine the sacrifice? But think about this. Jesus loved me and gave Himself for me. He didn't just help us out, but He gave Himself for me. You have friends that help you out? Tell you what, I look around the crowd here, most of you that I've known very well for very long have helped me out in some way at some time. I appreciate that. I really do. But I don't expect any of you to give yourself for me. Jesus, He's a trustworthy friend. He is one you can always count on. Because He came back from the dead, you can know that He never lies about anything. He never tells you anything wrong. He is always and completely trustworthy. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, you can know the Scriptures are true. Now, my Bible that I carry around is also doubles as my phone. That's true of most of us, right? We've got a phone that we keep our Bible on. Okay, All my life, until I got the phone and the Bible on the phone, I had a paper Bible. And, you know, we've got, like, like the picture right there, paper Bible, like that. And I've known people who wouldn't write in their Bible. They would say, oh, you know, that's holy. We shouldn't, don't make any marks in the Bible. It's a holy book. And yet sometimes those very same people don't believe the things that are in that book. You know, it's not the pages. It's not the ink. It's not the paper. It's the message. And everything in that Bible is true. And we know that because Jesus came back from the dead. Absolute truth. I want to tell you, I, I've worked a lot with young people the last few years in teaching in a school. And young people are taught that there is no absolute truth. That you can have your... You speak your truth and I'll speak mine. Just follow your dream. Be who you are. You have your own truth and I'll have my truth. And But I... I also believe that everyone, deep down inside, we yearn for something that is absolute truth. Something that's true for you and for me and for everyone in the world. Uh, we were talking in science class a couple of years ago, and I had a student who'd watched some YouTube videos and figured out the earth is flat and not round. And we talked about that, and we talked about the evidences, and I showed this young man that the earth is round and not flat, and he sat there and he said, well, it can be flat for me and round for you. Really? No, it can't be. I want you to know that there is absolute truth. 
There is objective, absolute truth. And it's not what I say, it's what Jesus said. It's what Jesus said because He proved that everything He said was right. It takes courage today for Christians to stand up and say things are true. It takes courage for a young man or a young woman in school to say sex outside of marriage is wrong. It's wrong for me, and it's wrong for you, and it's wrong for everyone. Whether you believe it's wrong or not, it's still wrong. I want you to know that'll make you a target. It takes courage to stand up for absolute truth. It takes courage to stand up and say homosexuality is wrong. Wrong for me and wrong for you and wrong for people who believe it's not wrong. It's wrong because Jesus said how we're to live. Jesus Christ is the only one who has the right to set absolute truth. And He proved that right because He came from the grave. Look at this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And it's true that you can't come to the Father any other way. None. There's no other way that anyone will be right with God than through Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? It's true. Because Christ is risen, we are forgiven, or we can be forgiven. Look at this. He was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Jesus Christ was delivered because of our offenses. Do you understand that? Do you understand that when you sin, that separates you from God? And God is a holy God and He will not tolerate sin. He has shown that all through Scripture. He's not going to tolerate sin. He obliterates sin. He destroys sin. He hates sin. And if I am filled with sin, I cannot be with God. I'm separated from God. What is the solution to that? Oh, well, I'll do some good things. The problem with your good things is they don't undo the bad things you did. You see, you can't unsin, and because you can't unsin, you can't get right with God. So Jesus Christ was delivered up because of our offenses. Because of our sin, Jesus Christ had to die on the cross. Now you're familiar with all the scriptures that talk about the blood of Jesus cleansing us from sin, right? You're familiar with those verses. You say, well... What does the resurrection have to do with that? I thought it's the death of Jesus that was the sacrifice. It was the death of Jesus that paid for my sin. So the second part of this verse, He was raised because of our justification. What does that mean? It's a little bit puzzling, isn't it? Well, I've got two thoughts about that. Number one, when Jesus died and paid the price for our sin... It was fully paid, right? His sacrifice was complete. And once that sacrifice was complete and Jesus Christ had died and paid for my sin, there was no reason He needed to stay dead because the sacrifice had been paid, right? So because the justification had been accomplished, 
by Jesus Christ because we had been united with God by Jesus Christ. He could be raised because the payment had been made. The sacrifice had been completed. He was raised because of our justification. The other thought that I have about that is this. If Jesus Christ had not been raised, there would be no way you and I could have any knowledge of our justification. We could know that He claimed He would die. We could know that He claimed He gave His life and His payment for our sin. But we could have no knowledge of our justification. But because He came out of that grave, I know that what He said was true. I know that He paid the price for sin. Because Jesus Christ is risen, we will be resurrected. Do you know you're going to die? Do you know that's true? Do you know that it doesn't matter what you accomplish in this life, you're going to die? Doesn't matter how many children you have, you're going to die. Doesn't matter what successes you have, you're going to die. Did you know that? It doesn't matter how many marathons you run, you're going to die. That's true of all of us. We're all going to die. It's also true of all of us that we will all be raised. How do you know that? We know that because the one who was raised said this, For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth. The hour is coming that everyone in the grave is going to hear His voice and come forth. Now that's a picture of Arlington Cemetery and all those graves out in Arlington Cemetery. And they're just lined up like that. And the picture was huge. just goes on and on. I just cut a little piece out of the corner. Every soldier in Arlington Cemetery is going to get out of his grave. Every one of them. Your grandparents, if they've passed on, are going to get, get out of their grave. Your relatives, your friends that you've lost are going to get out of their grave. I think about people in my life who are going to come back. My best friend from high school committed suicide about four or five years after we graduated. Kevin's going to get out of his grave. Another best friend I had, Justin Springer, died from cancer. Many of you remember Justin. He's going to get out of his grave. All my grandparents have died. They're going to get up out of their grave. Brother Jim going to get up out of his grave. All the people we've known here are going to get up out of their graves. And I know that because Jesus Christ said it's true. And I know that what He said is true. Why? Because Jesus got up out of His grave. Jesus was risen. And that's the way that you and I know because He is risen, we will all be resurrected. He said everyone's going to hear His voice and come out. The rest of this verse says those that have done good to the resurrection of eternal life, those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. 
The question is being right with God because I know that I am going to live again. I know that it's not about this life. It's about the life to come. And I know that I get a short period of time. Some people get a real short period of time, don't they? Some people get 70, 80, 90, even 100 years. I had a great-grandfather that was 101 when he passed away. Some people get 100 years. But in the sense of eternity, that's not very long. You get one shot while you're here to live your life in a way that honors God and sets your eternal destiny forever. Forever. And I know that because the one who came out of the grave said that. The one who died and was resurrected said that. That's that's why the resurrection matters so much to you and I. Because of that, we have genuine hope. Do you want your life to be well spent? When you get down to the end of your life, do you want to... lay there in your hospital bed thinking about your life and reflecting on your life and shaking your head and going, I wasted my life. Anyone want to do that? You want to waste your life? No. No one wants to waste their life. I mean, no rational person, I guess. What do you want to do with your life? You don't want it to be a waste. Living a life serving God, serving Jesus Christ, the only one that came from the grave. When you get down to someone's funeral and you're standing there and you think about the life they lived, if they served God faithfully, you don't shake your head and go, what a waste, what a waste. But you and I have both been at places where we stood by a grave of someone who did waste their life. We shook our heads and we said, what a waste. What a waste. Because Jesus Christ came from the grave, because Jesus was resurrected, we have hope, real, genuine hope that this life is not meaningless, that this life is not empty, that it does matter what we do. It really makes a significant difference. Look at this. He said, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You know the things you do for the Lord? That's not in vain. Carrie and I have been in the house we live in for a long time now. And when we bought that house, it was just a shell. A lot of it didn't even have sheetrock. It was just a mess. And we worked really hard and we made it into a reasonably nice house. It was nice enough to raise our kids in and nice enough that we survived and had, you know, we didn't die of exposure when the storms came through. But you know what? We've been there long enough that all the work that I spent fixing stuff I need to refix. (laughs) And I go, you know, it doesn't matter how good you make your bed, tomorrow you're going to have to do it again. 
But if you live your life right, if you live your life right, serving Jesus Christ, it's not a waste of time. Everything else doesn't matter. It's a waste of time. But if you live your life serving Jesus, it is not a waste of time. And we have hope that our lives are worthwhile. And finally, that we are to be envied. Scripture says, the slight momentary affliction is working for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Now, I looked for a picture. That's the best I could find of somebody walking toward the cross. The truth is, you're going to face affliction. You're going to suffer in this life. We read at Yancey's house this past week, for everything under the sun, there's a season. There's a time to mourn and a time to laugh, a time to weep and a time to rejoice, a time to sing and a time to be sad. I don't remember all the exact wording, how they were, but the idea is this. There's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times, right? Haven't you had some of those? You've had good times. You're going to have more good times. You're going to have more bad times. That's just what this life is about. And I dare say the direction our culture is going and the direction America is going, bad times for Christians are on the rise. I mean, times that are really seriously bad for people who are really serious about serving Christ are on the rise. There's going to be bad times if we serve Jesus. But Paul said, it's light affliction. It doesn't matter. It's light affliction. He said this affliction, it's momentary, and it is producing for us this great weight of eternity. This glory beyond all comparison. We sang a song a little bit ago, How Beautiful Heaven Must Be. When we sang, y'all, y'all remember that song, right? Y'all know that song? When we sang that, did you just sing that or did you think about that? Do you ever think about heaven and what heaven's to be like? And how beautiful heaven's going to be? You know, there's not going to be any wearing down There's not going to be any times that yesterday, Carrie and I spent a good part of the day out working in the yard, and we've got an acre yard, so we had to mow it, and I mean, first real cleaning of the year, and get all the plants out, and get them all trimmed up, and everything all set up so it looks nice around our house, and at the end of the day, I came in, and I already had my sermon almost completely finished, and I said, I'm going to sit down and work on it a little bit. And Carrie came in the room a few minutes later and saw me sitting back in the recliner going, because <laughs> I got tired. I got tired. That just happens in this world. You get worn down. You ache and you hurt. And your body quits working. Your mind quits working. I mean, all this stuff is going to quit. But we, all this is Momentary. Because it is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And we know that because the one who's preparing those mansions above, Jesus Christ, is the one who died and came back from the grave. 
So look at the things we've talked about today. Our preaching is meaningful because Christ was raised from the dead. Tell someone about Jesus. Your faith is well-founded. The Scriptures are true. We're forgiven of sin. We will be resurrected. We have genuine hope. And we are to be envied. Because you see, the resurrection did happen. Jesus Christ came out of the grave. Jesus did not stay dead. And my message to you today is this. Live like it. If you're going to say you're a Christian, live like Jesus came out of the grave. I mean, can you imagine if we had a funeral here and Eddie had died and we all went to the funeral and next Sunday Eddie's sitting here all going, What happened? We would tell everyone, Oh, this guy at church, he died, now he's back. Live like it. Jesus came back. This isn't just an Easter egg hunting holiday. Let's let it make a difference in us. Remember all of the promises that come and the blessings that come from the resurrection of Jesus. You can be right with God. If you're not, today you could be baptized into Jesus Christ, be born again, sealing a life of faithfulness to Him that leads to an eternity in heaven. You could do that today. If there's a way the church can assist you, please come to the front and make that need known while we stand and sing.